You know, as we think about that first Easter and think about the empty tomb, I, I wonder what it must have felt like to go to a place where Jesus had been buried and to recognize and realize that he wasn't there. What a holy place. A place where, where the body of Jesus, the Son of God, had, had, had laid. And yet he's not there. The song speaks of angels all around. Scripture indicates that there were those in white raiment, we believe to be angels, who were there at the tomb, the empty tomb. The stone had been rolled away. The stone was not rolled away so Jesus could get out. He didn't need that help. The stone was rolled away so that the witnesses could get in. So that they could see what Jesus had promised in fulfillment. So that they could witness an empty tomb where he was no longer there. The resurrection of Jesus is at the very heart of our Christian faith. It was at the center of the early Christians' message. Most teachings focus on either the proof of the existence of the resurrection or of the doctrine of its salvation. Today, I want us to look at the hope that the resurrection brings. There's no better place to find that than in 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. If you have your Bibles and you turn there with me this morning, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul is teaching and instructing, and he turns his attention to the gospel message. The message of that day, the message of the people of the church of that day, And notice, as we begin to look at the passage, how Paul addresses the gospel message and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, he says, beginning in the first verse, I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preach to you, which also you received, in which also you stand. By which also you are saved, if you hold fast the word which I preach to you, unless you believe in vain. Now Paul introduces this idea of this discussion of the resurrection of Jesus and of the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And he said, it is the gospel I preach to you. Now, he says, I received it from someone else, but I delivered the message to you. He's talking to the church at Corinth. And he said, which also you received. In other words, you believed or you accepted the gospel message of the resurrection of Jesus that I preached to you. He says also, in which also you stand. In other words, currently you are standing on that message and that hope of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. By which, he says, you are saved. Salvation comes only 
through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he says, you have received this gospel, you are standing in this gospel, and you are saved by this gospel if, he says, you remain faithful. If you remain steadfast in this message, you do not change it, you do not water it down, you do not modify it in order to make other people comfortable with it. If you will stay true to the gospel message of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, then he says your salvation is in that message. Notice what he says about it. He continues in those verses and he says the gospel is the greatest and of, of the first importance. It is the most important message that I can ever proclaim to you or that you can ever receive in life. I delivered to you of first importance, he says. I received it from others and I shared it with you. Here's the message. Listen to what he says. Christ died for our sins. That's the first thing. He says Christ died for our sins. He was buried. He says this as an indication of the reality that Jesus died. It's a confirmation. Why would they have buried a man who wasn't dead? Why would they have put a man who wasn't dead in the grave? Christ died for our sins. He was buried, he says, and he was raised on the third day. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The gospel message that saves us and gives us hope. All of this, he says, is according to the Scripture. Every time he says one of these facts, he says, according to the Scripture. According to God's Word. According to the Scripture. Paul offers proof of the resurrection of Jesus. In that if we continue on in that passage, there are multiple appearances of Jesus by eyewitnesses after his death. And he lists the different people and groups of people, up to 500, who saw him. They were eyewitnesses that he was alive and no longer in the grave. And then he says this. If he is not raised from the dead, then there is no hope for you and I to ever be raised from the dead. A hopeless faith. Hope makes all the difference in this life. And he says, in this case, if he's not raised, then, then there is no resurrection. And if there's no resurrection for him, there's no resurrection for us, and there is no hope. And he says, in relationship to this, if you do not believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, then he says, your faith, it has no value. And it is worthless. Worthless, he says. It, it, it has nothing good for you. Listen to what he says. But if it's true, then we have reason for the greatest hope in all of humanity. Reason for the greatest hope in all of life. Hope that changes everything. A hope that impacts how we live every moment of every day. And then look at verse 20. Hone in on that with me, if you would, for a moment. And he says, let me be clear. I don't want there to be any confusion about this. Verse 20. But now Christ has been raised from the dead. He says, I don't want you to get confused about this. I'm telling you, if he hasn't been raised, there's no hope of resurrection for us. But he says, in relationship to this, I want you to know Christ has been raised. 
He is making an explanation, boy. He is saying life is filled with hope. And it's the hope that comes through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He goes on then and begins to talk about our resurrection bodies. He begins to talk about the perishable and the imperishable. He begins to talk about the image of the resurrected body being that of a spiritual image, not a physical or fleshly image. And then he begins to bring this whole message, this whole idea of the resurrection of Jesus to a close. And as he proclaims and and shares this message with us, he gives to us a, a hope that changes everything in our life. A hope that on, on this hope hinges who we are and how we live and the future that we have in the glory of the kingdom of heaven. A hope that he says, but now Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who are asleep. And he comes all the way down. And then he begins to talk about the final words as he closes this idea. And listen, if you would, this morning to what he says. Behold, beginning in verse 51, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. Every life will be changed by the fact of the truth of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In a moment. He says, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, the trumpet sound that will come. For the trump will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. For the perishable must put on the imperishable and this mortal must put on immortality. But he says, When this perishable will have put on the imperishable, and this mortal will have put on immortality, then will come about the saying that is written. Listen to this. We love this passage. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore, my beloved brethren, steadfast, stand steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. There is hope in the resurrection. And Paul writes so eloquently, and he says, because of the resurrection of Jesus... We can live in hope. Hope that there is victory who comes that comes through the resurrection of our bodies. And we take off the, imperish- the perishable and we put on the imperishable. We take off the mortal and we put on immortality. And he says we are raised at the last trumpet and that Christ will come to claim those that belong to Him. And there is always victory in Jesus. That is the hope of the resurrection. That is the message that we come to celebrate today. And this morning, I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you, I want to invite you that if you do not know the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, there is no better day 
to allow Christ to be Lord and Master of your life than on Easter Sunday. And if you need to accept His grace and mercy and forgiveness and the sacrifice that He made and the death that He died and the resurrection that we celebrate today for Him to be Lord and Master of your life, there's no better day than today. And so as we prepare to sing our hymn of invitation, I invite you to come to know that hope, a hope that changes everything based off of the message, the gospel, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Would you stand with me this morning? And if there's a decision on your heart, won't you come as we sing?